0: You are Locked
1: On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What is happening and welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast, your episode for Wednesday, December 5th, and Milwaukee tonight for the first time of four games this year with the Bucks. This is your boy Matt Shook the host of the Locked on Pistons podcast, a sports writer here in Detroit City covering the NBA for the Associated Press and the Detroit News, Pistons fan and follower, my whole life just like all you guys, and a sports newspaper reporter across the country for over a decade as well, also in the Caribbean. Nice little shout out to my folks down in the Virgin Islands who might be listening as well, but today we're going to be breaking down where the Pistons go from here with another key player out of the lineup after one just came back. On Monday night. Today, we'll also look ahead to tonight's game against the Milwaukee Bucks in depth, and we're also going to see where the Pistons stack up around the national landscape, around the league. Checking out some of the power rankings, some of the betting markets as well after their nice start to the season. But go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook, S C H O C H, -H 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 another underscore after that. Close to three thousand Twitter followers. Just throwing it out there, just so you know. Locked on Pistons Twitter account. Two and then also the uh, Facebook page at Lockdown Pistons Dash Match. Got to get those numbers up as well. But as I alluded to in the opening, the Pistons have already played Cleveland twice. They've played Chica- Chicago twice, and so they've got four games left total with those two teams, which is nice. Those are those are good four games to have in your pocket. But still eight games total against Indiana and Milwaukee, which is indicative of what the rest of the schedule is going to look like so of the 61 games that the Pistons have left at this point eight are against Indiana and Milwaukee which is 13% of those games which is a lot so one you know 13 out of 100 The Pistons percentage-wise games will be up against the Milwaukee Bucks and Indiana Pacers, the two teams expected to duke it out all season long for the Central Division crown, and we know the Pistons have thrown a little bit of a wrinkle into that, as well as Milwaukee jumping out to a nice little lead, especially early on in the season. Getting a little bit closer, though, for Pistons and Pistons fans that are doing a little scoreboard watching. But Milwaukee uh, will be a very familiar foe for the Pistons coming up as the Pistons... They're going to knock out all four of the games that they play Milwaukee in these next two months, actually less than these next two months, before the end of January. They're going to knock out all four of those games. January 29th will be the last meeting between these teams. So the Pistons will be playing the Bucs four times in the next 56 days, which is a lot. That's a lot of times. Uh, So get familiar with some of these guys. But tonight, Pistons will be a little shorthanded without Reggie Bullock, who did not make the trip to Milwaukee. Um, On Tuesday, a sprained left ankle that he suffered in the first couple minutes of Monday's blowout, embarrassing loss against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Coach Dwayne Casey says he's also questionable for Friday's home game against the Philadelphia 76ers as the Pistons go back. Like I said, he didn't even go to Milwaukee. Um, Casey also declined to mention... Who will start in Bullock's place on Wednesday against the Bucks? Only noting that it'll have to do with chemistry and toughness. He kind of went on and on about that, especially given the fact that they just got pounded by, I think it was 27 points against the Oklahoma City Thunder in a game that wasn't that close. You never want to lose by 27 close and or 27 points and have it not be really that close. But the smart money, the easy, uh, the easiest call to make is uh, just sliding Bruce Brown in there in the starting lineup for. Uh, Reggie Bullock, like they did for the first game of the season when Reggie Bullock wasn't available because of the flu, but I want, or maybe Langston Galloway being a, a pretty high percentage cho- choice, probably the next most likely option there. But I wonder if they consider, especially given the cons- the um, the struggles of Glenn Robinson III uh, so far this season, I wonder if they consider sliding Stanley Johnson in that role with Glenn Robinson III and then maybe uh, putting Langston in there with him. Like I said, I, I don't like. Uh, having Stanley and Bruce Brown out there together, I know it's something that they do with the second unit quite a bit. But I know, but Stanley Johnson's role is much more than just a spot up shooter when he's out there with the second unit. When I when 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 a guy like Langston and Stanley are out there with Blake Griffin, you got to be getting into space and basically sp- spotting up and shooting. So uh, Stanley and Bruce wouldn't really work in that situation because you have two spot up shooters that can't shoot. So, but you can slide Stanley in for Glenn Robinson the third and put Langston in there with them and maybe sit down Glenn Robinson the third and then just kinda of, kinda of low key call that a, a temporary demotion just to see uh shake things up a little bit with Glenn Robinson the third struggling and, and maybe intimate that uh maybe Glenn Robinson III gets back in there when Reggie Bullock gets back in there with it the, with his ankle injury and kind of things return to normal. But you might be, you know, giving a little tryout to to Stanley or maybe seeing how things look with it a little bit different of a look of the starting lineup. Like I said, I mean, I just think the Glenn Robinson, the thirds, um, uh, struggles so far have been a problem, and it's going to become a bigger issue. in, in case he, he starts to clean things up a little bit and starts making contributions, whether that be offensively or defensively, hitting shots um, and uh, making plays when they are there. And obviously, he has to be a role player for this starting group, like he would with the second group if he was with the second group anyway. But uh, we just gotta find we gotta see some more from Glenn, and I know he'd be the first to admit that he's struggling right now. And I know that, uh, like I said, if, if if you have Stanley back in that starting lineup on a temporary basis for now. I know that that would uh, maybe mess up his bench effectiveness maybe in the late first quarter or early second quarter, but you can still play him mostly with the same units that he's been playing with over the course of 48 minutes. This type of game, when you're going up against Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, kind of a special case here. Obviously, the Greek freak being being completely an anomaly, uh, a complete different situation than what you'll be going up against the other 78-odd games of the season, but uh, maybe this is a game where Stanley Johnson needs to go out and play a bunch of minutes, more minutes than he's used to just because of the defensive matchup. But maybe you're getting Stanley out there to, to set a tough defensive tone. Maybe you do go with Stanley and Bruce uh, with that starting lineup. Uh, the shooting, you know, notwithstanding and how that might uh, look there as well. And then maybe go back to Glenn Robinson the third or whatever you think the regular starting lineup will be going forward. And no reason to believe that it wouldn't be Bullock and Robinson uh, with those big three going forward when Bullock does get back. Just a thought there. I think there's some opportunities to tinker a little bit here for Dwayne Casey with this injury to Reggie Bullock. Hopefully it's not serious, and hopefully it's just a, a little bit of a hiccup. But maybe you can look at across the court and see what the Milwaukee Bucks have. And, and obviously this is a very, very unique team with a very, very unique player. Maybe you do shake things up on a, on a short, temporary basis, like I said, especially when you've got a matchup with Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think without, without an obvious answer for Giannis – and what team, you know, does have an answer for Giannis? Nobody does. In the NBA, nobody does in the world, not even the Monstars or the Jordan's crew or whatever, but um, Stanley Johnson could be your primary defender on Giannis early on in the game, and maybe as the game go- goes on, you could throw some different guys on him. Uh, Bruce Brown is going to be included at different times throughout the game, different possessions. You throw Blake Griffin at him, Griffin at him sometimes, Glenn Robinson the third when he is in the game. You just got to shake it up, be physical with Giannis, and see whatever you can do with him. The good news when talking about some different options that you have with the starting lineup is that the Bucs, with this team, you can go small to start because in their backcourt, they start Malcolm Brogdon and Eric Bledsoe. So a little bit smaller of a backcourt than maybe your average NBA team with a couple guys that handle the ball a lot. And I know Bledsoe's not a small guy, but as far as being the second smallest player on the court, that's not overwhelming. And that's something you could, you could get away with a Langston Galloway type out there. Um, and I know he's not a defensive player that you want on any kind of a really good offensive player. But, uh, you know, you can make those kind of, uh strange changes even if they want to be you know try the double point guard lineup to start um I don't know how that would shake down as the game goes on but uh there's a lot of options given that Giannis is such a unique player and that you basically have two two point guards in the backcourt for the Milwaukee Bucks, and a guy in uh, Malcolm Brogdon, who's very coverable by a lot of players in the NBA. And, I, and I'd say that as a, a slight. I know that is a slight. It actually is a slight to Malcolm Brogdon, but he's a guy that, you know, you can throw Reggie Jackson on and feel okay about it. Uh, now watch him go for 40 tonight, but uh, not, not a very imposing fifth starter for a team. So, you know, you might not get killed by Brown, by Galloway or, or, or whatever, um, kind of filling in for Bullock in that starting line. But the question is, can anyone have have any kind of effectiveness against Giannis Antetokounmpo can we slow down the mvp candidate for the Milwaukee Bucks and we're going to talk about that a little bit more up next and more about the bucks in general here on the lockdown pistons podcast but is your company looking for a new way to reach customers your company could be mentioned right here right now on the Locked On Pistons podcast, podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors that they hear on their favorite shows. Our demographic is 98% males with more education and more earning power than your traditional media media audiences. Have your company go ahead and sponsor this podcast by emailing me at matt shook S-C-H-O-C-H, at yahoo.com to find out more. Yes,
1: sir! The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up With all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: A little bit later on in the show, we're going to talk about how the Pistons are viewed around the league at this point. Check out the betting markets and also the power rankings. As the Pistons come into tonight's game with a 13-8 record, 8 o'clock Eastern tip tonight in downtown Milwaukee at the New Arena, which is right next door to the Bradley Center. Pistons one and a half games behind the Milwaukee Bucks for the Central Division lead right now, but Milwaukee comes into this game well rested, although they're not really playing well as of late. The Bucks have not played since Saturday night, a game that they actually lost in overtime to the New York Knicks in Madison Square Garden, by the way. Also, recent losses in this five-game stretch to Charlotte and Phoenix, and so the Bucks have lost three out of five of their games lately, uh, and not against world beaters at all, so not exactly ripping it up lately. Uh, Some tough losses for the team. I consulted with my buddy John, friend of the show. Uh, We went together to last year's game at the old Bradley Center, the last season that they had there. Saw the Pistons lose an early season game. I think Avery Avery Bradley had a big open three-pointer towards the end of the game that would have tied it or maybe went ahead in the final minute or so, missed it. As uh, we remember, Avery Bradley had a few of those in the first half of the season before he was traded. The chances to win games or tie games late Stan Van Gundy seemed to think that that was the right play to make was to give those shots to A.B. at the end of those games. But I was asking John, my buddy, big Bucks fan, uh, what's up with this team? What's going on? And he says, first of all, that the difference between Jason Kidd as coach to Mike Budenholzer, he says, cannot be calculated by NASA scientists. So we'll take his word for for it there. Or Joe Prunty, or whoever that uh, Schlep is that filled in for Kid at the end of last year and into the playoffs after Jason Kidd got fired. I, I, I might have gotten his name wrong, but uh, I'm not looking it up. Sorry, Joe, or whatever your name was. Uh, but John says that the Milwaukee defense is struggling lately, letting up a lot of points. I think in you know, overtime the Knicks got into the 130s in that win. So um, also that uh, you know this is a classic case of bringing Mike Budenholzer in that they went from uh, a team that was not up to the times to a team that is. The poster child of what you want for the shot spectrum, which Dwayne Casey talks about. And it isn't a unique term to him or anything like that. But they went from not shooting three-pointers and just disrespecting the shot spectrum to no end to being the poster child for it. All dunks, all shots in the lane, all layups and three-pointers right now for the Milwaukee Bucks. So a huge change in culture offensively for them. And we know defensively it's a big change in culture too. Sean Sweeney, their assistant coach who was pretty much in charge of defense, with Jason Kidd is now on Dwayne Casey's bench. A lot of different things happening with the, the coaching moves with both of those teams in the offseason. Um, old friend alert, who will not be playing in the game, Irsan Ilyasova, former Piston, and along with John Henson, our front court players off the bench for the Bucs who will not be playing. They're both out with injuries right now. So the front court depth is rough right now for Milwaukee. Look for the Pistons to pound it early and often try to get some of that foul trouble fitting in with the toughness theme that Dwayne Casey was talking about on Tuesday at practice. Brooke Lopez is new to the team this year as a free agent signing. He's fitting in well, bombing away without a conscience, shooting seven three-pointers a game, pretty good percentage as well, over 35%. Um, Earlier this year in a loss, I believe it was the Suns game that they had about a week or so back, he shot 12 threes and missed them all. An NBA record for all time For most attempted threes in a game without a make, which I love. I mean, as a gunner myself, just love seeing the big man throw it up there. I can see some old school Wisconsin folks lamenting the brand of basketball there, though that uh, your center's out there chucking 0 for 12 on three-pointers and that maybe Jack is rolling over in his grave up there in Milwaukee. But uh, Giannis this year is just taking another step forward as he kind of did the beginning of last season too before. And I know that it's uh, splitting hairs a little bit, but it seemed like he kind of fizzled out as the team kind of fizzled out towards the end of last season and really, um, you know, getting bounced in the first round like they did to Boston, to a team that had the injuries that they did, uh, a winnable series, a difficult uh, way for the Bucks season to kind of end as it did last year, 27.6 points per game for Giannis, a lot of MVP talk. But like I said, I remember last year, the same kind of thing. So we'll see if it's sustainable for him to be the elite, elite player that he's been so far this year. Not as much Chris Middleton buzz so far this year. I think that's kind of natural when you have Giannis go up a little bit of a level. Not sure that Middleton wound up getting to his first all-star game like many predicted that he would. Of course, if Milwaukee plays from pretty well from now until uh, the, the selections are made in February. Uh, maybe they do end up being one of those teams that gets a second guy Uh, on there sometimes it's more about how the team's doing than maybe how the individual players are doing and of course the Pistons will be a team that will be interested in possibly having two all-stars as well which is more of a credit to how those two guys are playing obviously talking about Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond Andre Drummond specifically being the one who's on the bubble as opposed to Blake who's playing well enough that you would think he's assured a spot at this point a lot of things can change from now until February but um you know Andre Drummond and, and Chris Middleton they, you know who knows maybe it goes down to those two guys for the final spot or something like that um, Middleton is a free agent this year another former piston as we know I don't want to bring that up too much to a lot of the diehards who are sick and tired of hearing about it and thinking about Chris Middleton in a Pistons uniform but like the Pistons will have a chance to bring him in next year and I, I know there's no cap room but every team in theory has a chance to bring in Chris Middleton next year he'll get a he'll get big money This summer, but uh, some more drama for the Milwaukee roster after they lost Jabari Parker last year in um, what was kind of an ongoing saga with Giannis coming in and and ascending to the heights that he did uh, early on in his career, and then uh, Chris Middleton becoming the player that he did, and Jabari Parker being the very high draft pick. How those guys kind of coexist and all the Injuries to Parker throughout his time in uh, Milwaukee before heading to Chicago in free agency this year. So you know a lot, of, a lot of subplots, and those continue with Chris Middleton this year. An interesting team over the years, one that I've enjoyed following and watching, and specifically when I was in Chicago, hanging out with John a lot, watching a lot of the Bucks games too. But uh, um, Thon Maker has not made the leap this year like I thought he might. Only getting about eleven minutes a game. Dante DiVincenzo, he's a thing off the bench there, so don't get PTS syndrome. So Michigan fans will have some bad memories there. Don't let it freak you out too much. But uh, with the injuries, especially to Ilyasova and Henson, this is not a deep team right now. So getting to the bench for the Pistons, getting some guys into any kind of foul trouble will hurt the Milwaukee Bucks. So drive, drive, drive. Really the kind of game where how the refs call Blake Griffin, which we know is a variable that can change night to night. Uh, for the Pistons, that might be very important. It might be something that, uh, to keep an eye on, especially early on, what kind of tone is set. And of course for Andre Drummond as well, susceptible to the early calls, um, Mostly his fault, but I know on Monday a lot of you guys were talking about some unfair uh, officiating against Reggie or against Andre Drummond, and we saw that uh, a couple games lately as well. I'm thinking about the day before Thanksgiving in Houston, where he had a couple of bad calls against him that uh, really helped hurt the hurt the flow for the Pistons. But really, a a three point shooting team against a team that wants to pound it against a weak interior with the Milwaukee Bucks and uh, the Pistons, obviously looking to get the three pointers going throughout this early part of the season as well. So an interesting contrast to teams and a matchup that we'll see many times over the next less than two months as these teams will meet four times, as we mentioned. But the Pistons, seven-and-a-half-point dogs, according to mybookie.ag, our uh, friends and sponsors over there. So a touchdown. You know, you got a touchdown to work with if you want to throw some dough down on the Pistons, who, again, playing without Reggie Bullock. ESPN, according to their matchup predictor, gives the Bucks an 85% chance of winning this game and as we know uh, the continuation of a tough stretch of basketball for the Pistons who were playing all sorts of winning teams in the first 20 days or so of December starting with Golden State and continuing on Monday with um, Oklahoma City so one and one so far in the tough December stretch it continues Friday at home with the Philadelphia 76ers Sunday at home on the afternoon game against the New Orleans Pelicans and Monday at Philadelphia again. So if you're talking about Giannis, Joel Embiid, Anthony Davis, and uh, Joel Embiid again, that's four guys. There are three guys uh, in four times, four straight games, against guys you could make a really compelling case for that are, are right now or will be the MVP of this league. So a lot of really talented players. And Then you throw the two games against James Harden, the Steph Curry, Kevin Durant games. I mean, just just great players. Uh, night in and night out, that the Pistons are going up against, and a really tough stretch. And we'll see how they handle it as uh, December rolls on. But the Locked On Podcast Network is doing unprecedented things on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, follow Locked On NBA Net. You get all of the Locked On Podcast Network local hosts covering their NBA team on one feed, just great for game night, great for breaking news, great for all that stuff. And on Instagram, Locked On NBA Net, same handle there. You get the biggest stories in just one minute on your Instagram feed, and also with your Instagram stories. You get the uh, the shorter uh, cuts as well. So make sure you follow Locked On NBA Net on both Twitter and Instagram. But up next, we're going to talk about how the Pistons are viewed around the league at this point. That's the next here on the Locked On Pistons Podcast, which is a proud member of the Locked On Network daily podcast, the only daily podcast about the Detroit Pistons out there. Your team every day.
1: <laughs> the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama.
0: talking to Rachel Nichols on ESPN. I know the jump is going to be up in Toronto on Wednesday. Might want to be worth checking out if you are a Pistons fan. As uh, he answered a question about Masai Ujiri saying, um, basically coldly saying that there's not much of a relationship right, right there. Didn't say that. He just said, he's the president of basketball operations. I do my job. So a little bit simmering there with DeMar DeRozan, the trade in the offseason, his best friend. And I know, like I remarked when I watched the Pistons-Raptors game earlier this year, man, it seems like Kyle Lowry is just kind of an afterthought as part of that offense right now for Nick Nurse, not really point guard centric. And, uh, you know, I I know they're playing really well. And other than maybe the -the off-the-court stuff, you can kind of get over some of the play. But it's interesting to see if the the Raptors ever hit a a dry patch, and they will at some point this season, how that – uh, organization handles that, especially with a first-year coach in Nick Nurse, but of course me, I'm already glowing, going through the trade machine that's growing on me a little bit, maybe figuring out a way to get Kyle Lowry over to over to Detroit to go reunite with his old coach in Dwayne Casey, uh, maybe move Reggie Jackson, maybe get a three-way deal with Bradley Beal or Otto Porter in Washington to make it worth it for Toronto while uh, getting out of some contracts if you're if you're uh, Washington and maybe getting only the year and a half left on the deal of Reggie Jackson. Just some food for thought. Maybe send me some trades if you can think of something. to get Kyle Lowry in uh, Detroit if you think that might be a good option there. But the Detroit Lions in Arizona this weekend. Plenty of good seats available, I'm sure, for that 4:30 game on Sunday in Buffalo after that. This is the the time that it really matters to follow those Lions. I'm kidding, of course. And it's more about the Matthew Stafford angst and the draft projections. But Matt Derry has everything you need to know about the Locked On Lions podcast. With those Leos, you know Matt from Detroit Radio. He does a great job with the podcast. Good friend of mine as well. Uh, check that out on the network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. We've got you covered as a whole with the Locked On Wolverines show. Locked On Spartans with Will Hunter. A nice basketball win in Evanston, Illinois. For the Michigan Wolverines on Wednesday, coming up after the uh, the Spartans got one against Iowa on Tuesday as well. But 538.com, the Carmelo spread right now for the game for the Pistons tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks is 8.5. So the numbers that they sliced up at the ESPN microsite run by Nate Silver has that even more of an advantage. For the Bucs than the Vegas numbers did. Um, slightly different rankings, a little bit more friendly to the Bucks. They say that the Bucks have an 80 to 20 chance of winning this game, according to 538.com. And the numbers that they run. Season wide, they give uh, the good news is that the Pistons, they're giving the Pistons an 84% chance of making the playoffs right now. And man, that feels good to see as a guy with a little bit of interest in this team. Uh, being interesting at least throughout the regular season as we uh, do this podcast every night for you guys, but still the projection. Uh, although the Pistons are thirteen and eight, five games over five hundred, the projection is that the Pistons will finish forty-two and forty. So only two games over five hundred there. So schedule wise, that makes a little bit of sense, and maybe a little bit of regression uh, selected for your Pistons and injury injury possibilities for every team out there, but it's certainly for the Pistons with Griffin and Jackson's injury history always. Kind of the elephant in the room when we're talking about the rest of the season as we go on here, which makes me a little bit less excited about those, that 84% is that they also have the Orlando Magic at 40% chance of making the playoffs, which I don't think that's happening. They also say that the Lakers have a 1% chance of making the NBA Finals and a less than 1% chance of winning the NBA title. And I'll throw some dough down on that with those kind of odds. But uh, also just wanted to pass along how the Pistons are thought of around the league as we're... Feeling pretty good about things despite Monday's loss to Oklahoma City. I found myself kind of getting over that one pretty quickly as a Pistons, uh, the Pistons fan side of me. But uh, the skeptic and the uh, journalist in me is seeing that uh, maybe there are some issues there that we got to walk out for, especially with some tough games coming up on the schedule. ESPN, the power rankings, those came out on Monday. Keep in mind this is before. The 27 point thrashing against Russell Westbrook and crew. Pistons were number eight in the NBA and the ESPN power rankings, up from number 13, fourth in the East. Milwaukee was number two, by the way. NBA.com, the Pistons were number seven in their power rankings, up from number 13. And in SI.com, the Pistons were at nine, up from 12. CBSSports.com is the one that uh, gave the disrespect. So maybe. Go after those guys on Twitter or something like that. But they were, Pistons were ranked number 13th on the power rankings for CBSSports.com, up from 18 um, there. So those are this week and how the Pistons are viewed around the country. And we'll keep an eye on those. At times throughout the season, especially early in the week here on the Locked on Pistons podcast. But give us a follow on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore after that. Also the Locked on Pistons Twitter account. Check us out on Facebook at Locked on Pistons dash Matt Shook. Give us a rating and review on iTunes as well. That helps people find the podcast just like you did one day. And you're listening every day, so obviously you're enjoying it. So spread the word for us. We really appreciate it. This is your host, Matt Shook. Say enjoy the game tonight at Milwaukee against the Bucks. We will have the recap and the rest of the stuff you need to know about this Detroit Pistons basketball team tomorrow here on the Locked on Pistons podcast.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.